is Advent. And back at the beginning again, we find ourselves standing with the ancestors of the Christ child, ancients and first ones, whose stories weave our salvation, women whose circumstances have shaped the story of redemption and who light a light in the darker places, steering the promise towards a stable and a hope and a promise of renewal. Our Advent stories are ones we rarely hear, yet are the ancient matriarchs of our Advent light. I'm Roddy Hamilton, the Minister of New Kilpatrick Parish, and as we slip into this ancient season called Advent, thank you for the space you have made to have us. It's a time to make space for a lot of people. And we do that in our worship over the next few weeks, which we do every week, of course. But those we make space for this season are ones we know least, whose stories are hardly told. Yet their stories are fundamental to the incarnation and the Advent hope that is Jesus Christ. So let us gather around them and meet today the ancient matriarch, Tamar. The pause in our Advent, the silence of the expectation, the gift we find between us, Holy God, may this season move us all, stir us all, that you might stir up justice in this Advent season. Call up the light to condense the darkness. Shake up this world that this new season reveals the promise of your kingdom. And in the stories of others, women we hardly know, who have been silenced for so long, may we hear your cause and your plan and your truth that now the world can come to rebirth through these faithful ones. And might we hear the great traditions of our faith and the great matriarchs of our sacred history call us in this Advent time to hear again your word, ancient yet new, ready for our today, that our ears may be pinned back, our focus sharpened, and incarnation and promise born in us all. Holy God, great matriarch of heaven, hear us as we share the Lord's Prayer. Who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Best known stories in the Bible hides one of the least known. The great family favourite of Joseph, the one of the the tenicoloured dreamcoat fame, surrounds a story we don't want to tell our children. 
And so we haven't. It's the story of Tamar. And it happens between Joseph being sold into slavery and arriving at the house of Potiphar's wife. Judah, brother of Joseph, has three sons. The oldest marries Tamar, but dies before there are any children. Under Leveret code of marriage, Tamar should marry the next brother for her own security and that of any children, who would be known as the children of her original husband. So Judah marries her to his second son. But he also dies. And if you wish to find out how, then Genesis 38 is where you'll find that, but probably not best read in church. But now Judah has two dead sons, and somehow Tamar seems to be implicated, and so Judah is reluctant to marry her to his last and youngest son, in case he also dies. But Tamar has also encountered a lot of loss with two dead husbands and still no family and now no security. Judah says she should wait till his son is old enough to marry her. And so she does. But Tamar finds out that Judah has refused to let his youngest son marry Tamar, even though he is now of age. Tamar thus has no home. No security, no future, and no income. And so she takes things into her own hands in the only way she knows how, and that is to prostitute herself. She discovers that Judah is going up to Timnah to shear sheep, and she seizes her chance. An edited version of the story. When Tamar heard her father-in-law was going up to Timnah to shear his sheep, she changed her widow's garments to a veil, wrapped herself up and sat down at the entrance to Eniam, which is on the road to Timnah. She saw that Shelah was grown up, yet she had not been given to him in marriage. When Judah saw her, he thought her to be a prostitute, so she, for she had covered her face. So he went over to her at the roadside and asked to sleep with her, for he did not know that she was his daughter-in-law. She said, what will you pay me? He answered, I will send you a kid from the flock. And she said, only if you give me a pledge until you send it. He said, what pledge shall I give you? She replied, your signet and your cord, and the staff that is in your hand. So he gave them to her, and slept with her, and she became pregnant. Then, returning home, she took off her veil, put on the garments of her widowhood. About three months later, Judah was told, Your daughter-in-law Tamar has sold herself and become pregnant. Judah said, Bring her out, and let her be burned. As she was being brought out, he sent, she sent word to her father-in-law, It was the owner of these who made me pregnant. And she said, Take note, please, whose these are, the signet and the cord and the staff. Then Judah acknowledged them and said, She is in the right more than I, since I did not give her to my son Shelah. 
When the time of her delivery came, she gave birth to twins. Perhaps skillfully or corruptly, manages to work a safe future. But to do that, she has to let someone else do the very worst to herself in order to survive. It's a story of how the world is. In this adult story, tucked between the pages of a family favourite, we have insight into whose side God is on, with whom God identifies, the women without power. It's a story that opens Advent for us because it's a story about a powerless woman who personifies a powerless God. Because God is made known in incarnation. In that moment, when God takes on skin, God becomes Tamar and everyone who has known such powerlessness. And God says, I am Tamar. I am one of you. Advent's words are about Jesus returning to renew the world justly. The season is about waiting for a new world, waiting for justice to walk its way. It's not a quiet, romantic season, but perhaps more an angry one, restless, impatient for the reign of God to arrive. But that restlessness is our continuing story. Tamar is hardly known, but through courageous actions, huge risks for her own and her family's security, she challenges that which is unjust at great cost. This terrible personal story of gender-based violence is hardly told. Today, may be the first time many of us have heard this story and will be surprised it is right there in the middle of the familiar feel-good story of Joseph. But the, fa- the Bible does not hide it. We just don't notice it. Like so much we want to sweep away. But the Bible holds it up that it might speak into its own as well as our misogyny. The Bible needs these stories to remind itself of what happens when power is held by a few and people are treated without humanity and respect. And if we can't hear Tamar's story today and become familiar with its misogynistic abuse, then we need to wonder about incarnation and if we truly believe it. Because in incarnation, God purposefully becomes vulnerable because that is who God is, vulnerable in the world. Our songs are all very great in Advent. Lo, he comes with clouds descending, etc. But the story is rather of Tamar and Mary and a child surrounded by all the signs God is the least in the story and struggles in the world, and finds the divine self on the underside of that world, all the way through his life, where the outcome is crucifixion. That's what happens when you fight for decency, compassion, and justice. So just before we rush to the stable story, might we look back 
to remind ourselves where this story we love so much began. For there, among the ancients, in the genealogy of Jesus, lies Tamar, the first of four women written into the family tree of Jesus, and remind ourselves of her fight for justice and compassion, and who gave birth to this story we gather round in this season, the mother of twins, the mother of the future, the mother of all who have been forgotten. for letting us accompany you today in worship. All our activities, as normal, you can find in the bulletin or on the church website at nkchurch.org.uk. We have a number of warm spaces beginning this week and Monday morning, Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday morning into the afternoon and Friday morning into the afternoon. And we look at various activities going on in each of these with knitting and blethering and guild and sing-song and crafts, etc. So a whole lot of things happening and you're very welcome to join us in any of these sessions. Just pop in if you can and keep warm and get to meet everyone and have a chat. All our other activities are there in the order of, oh, well, the order of service as well as the bulletin and the website. So please do tune in if you feel able to do so. But let's gather our thoughts and our concerns for each other and for the world in our prayers for others. Let us pray. If power is in might and wealth, you are a powerless God, and to you we pray. The powerless God who is Tamar, and all who suffer violence, who feel the lack of compassion from others, who are cheapened and abused, Powerless God, who lives in the company of the least, we pray. May our silences be unfilled with words and answers, and let our emotions and compassion do our praying. Powerless God, who is in Ukraine and Congo, Syria once more and Yemen, who lives in conflict and fear and who feels alone among a powerful few, we pray. For all who are abused, forgotten, children and women and men who have not been given justice or a safe place, who cannot thrive because of the limits of our resources, we pray. For all who struggle to find a way through illness or opportunity or education, who feel the cold and the cost of living, we pray. May our silences be unfilled with words and answers and let our emotions and compassion do our praying. Powerless God, for family and friends, for our neighbours and parish, for all we have and will meet this week. Maybe find your presence in those who are powerless and in this advent of hope 
and justice. Listen to them and let their stories stir and soften the world. So be it. Amen. Go gently. Go gracefully. Go in peace. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the common life of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.